All right. It's uh, Wednesday. This was supposed to be up yesterday. I don't know. I'm just going to... It's going to be up in the middle of the week. Um, you're not going to get a definite uh, time that this is going to be up. It's just going to be up, I know, in the middle of the week at some point. So, um, yeah, when, Tuesday, Wednesday, or th- who the hell messaged me? Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday podcast is going to be up. I did originally say Tuesday, but uh, I am so absent-minded with stuff, and I procrastinate till no fucking end. So let's just go Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It'll be up. Um, I literally fucking record these, and then they go up like a half hour after I record them. There's really no uh, editing unless I get a phone call in the middle of this, which I stop, and then I... Um, go over the, uh, the, the, the record, I stop the recording and then start a new track, uh, which is frustrating. Um, it's happened at least 16,000 fucking times in the last podcast that I've done. And you can probably catch it where it's like an abrupt stop just in the middle of a sentence. And then it just picks up with a new conversation with myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, also the intro is going to be the Christmas fucking intro until, um, I'm going to go with 2020. I'm going to go with January. We'll go back to the old intro. Maybe I'll write a new one. Who knows? I, lo- I like the intro that I have. Um, that's, that's one thing. There's a lot of people that, that, that have, uh, that have intros and outros to their YouTube channel or, or whatever. It, it's really convenient for me that I'm a, a musician, I guess, and I can write my own shit and put it in the background, like, I, uh, I signed to ASCAP back in 2014, I want to say. 2014, 2015. And all my shit's on there. So, like, even the intro to this is on there. Um, I have my old band, Skyline Heartbeat, on there. I have all of the discography for that entire band. Any song that I wanted to do from that band is under my own little thing. Um, with, with my own name. Um, uh... And, and any demos and stuff, and uh, like like the the song that you're hearing in the background of this is an old song uh, from my band Skyline Heartbeat called "Devil as My Chaperone." And, yeah, it's play on "God as My Witness." Um. Uh, and I just took the vocals out, so I, I like we own all the fucking music to it, and I don't have to pay anybody to be like, "Hey, can I use this as my background music or my intro or whatever?" It's it's really a really uh, a, 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 a convenient thing. Um, I can just sit down and write something and, and, and throw it out there. I get inspiration for that kind of stuff, like the intro, especially from like um, No Effects has their own theme song, Bowling for Soup has their own theme song, Blink 182 has like fucking 15, 20 second songs. So I was like, I'm going to write a 10 second to 15 second song um, for this. Uh, it's, it's longer than that. I think it's like a half a minute. I'm going to write like a half a minute song for, for the intro and just use it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I did that with, uh, I took inspiration from the no effects theme song. Uh, if you watch, ever watch backstage passport, they, they, they play at the beginning of the backstage passport, um, DVD and every episode that they have on uh, fuse. I think it was, it was on fuse TV. Uh, those guys should be going on tour again. I was really bummed. I had, um, I had put in press credentials, uh, for the, um, Punk and Drublick that was coming to Pittsburgh. And uh, Punk and Drublick was the first show that I ever did. I may or may not have talked about this in the past podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, Punk and Drublick 
when it first came to Pittsburgh, it was the first show that I did in Pittsburgh. Well, actually, the first show I ever went to. I put in press credentials, thought, they're never going to say yes. And they did, and it was really cool because it was like, it was no effects, bad religion, um, the interrupters, who have blown the fuck up in the last two years. It's crazy what a year can do. Um, and uh, oh, I got a hangnail. They said yes. It was at Highmark Stadium, and they were supposed to come back this year, and I guess they canceled it due to too many... It's a good reason. It sounds like a stupid reason for most people, but I, I get where they're coming from. They canceled the show because there was there were too many shows similar from the same label and from the same genre coming to, coming to town like literally that week. It was like fucking Rancid, Pennywise, and Suicidal Tendencies were coming... That Saturday and then the following Friday was Punk and Drublick Fest, which was like No FX, Bad Religion, The Mad Caddies, um, Teenage Bottle Rocket, uh, Goldfinger. Like all those bands were coming like the following week. And then uh, who the hell else played? It was like, oh, Four Chord Fest was happening like like another two, week, two weeks out was fucking Four Chord Fest. And, and I think they were looking at that like, eh, that's not, let's not do this. Um, which good on them uh ticket sales were probably fucking down as they were looking at it i mean a lot of people buy tickets right before the show but um they must have really been down for them to fucking cancel it uh but anyway yeah no i went to um i went to puck and drawback that was the first show that i ever did press for uh and then after that it after they said yes uh a big festival like that like after fat records told me yeah um i I started, I, my confidence was like through the fucking roof and I started putting in press for everything. And then Warp Tour said yes. And I was like, holy shit, my ego couldn't fit through the fucking door after that. Two of the biggest festivals that come through my town said yes to me. The first year I'm starting a YouTube channel. Um, I was like nobody then. I had done like maybe the opening act for a, a bigger band coming around the, 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 like that had a thousand fucking followers on Facebook or something, but never anything that was like, I don't know. Then nothing, nothing that was that big. Um, but I'm I'm pretty excited for No Effects to come back around. Uh, 2020 is looking good for concerts. Uh, we got the Hella Mega Tour coming up. Um, that's coming to Pittsburgh. Um, if you don't know what that is, that's Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. Uh, I want to go just to get a T-shirt. If you don't know what they're doing with these T-shirts, it's pretty funny. Um, Fallout Boy, Weezer, and Green Day all have these tour shirts where it's like they have the members of Fallout Boy on the shirt, but underneath it says Weezer with the Weezer logo. And then on the back, it's like lyrics from Green Day. And all of the bands are doing this. Like Green Day has a shirt where it just says like it, it has the members of Green Day and it says Weezer real big. And, like, they photoshopped glasses and shit on them. They're, the shirts are fucking hilarious, and I want to go just to get one. Uh, tickets for that that jam is ridiculous. Just ridiculous how expensive tickets for that fucking show are. It's, it's going to be at PNC Park, I think. Uh, so it's a stadium tour. Uh, they're not pissing around. They're not doing the... Um, I, 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 maybe I should look this up. The PNC Park's capacity bigger than First Niagara. I don't know that because First Niagara last year, Blink-182, um, I'm talking Pittsburgh people. 
first Niagara is is like a big concert venue where it has like a a, a lawn area and a seating area. If you've ever been to a, a an a, something like that, a, a concert like that, and it's also where they had the Warp Tour, where it's like here's an amphitheater. But then also here's like this big parking lot area where they had bands and stuff. And here's also this big lawn area where they had bands and shit. And um, I'm curious to see if like, why the fuck couldn't they just have it there? Maybe PNC Park. It's PNC Park capacity. Yeah, let's see. Uh, PNC Park's capacity is, it's not fucking telling me. Capacity, more than 38,000 people. There's no fucking way. There's no way 40 fucking thousand people can fit in PNC Park. Home to major... It's in P- PNC Park. Home stadium. Pit, it's Pittsburgh. This is um, the fucking right one. Federal Street. Um, with its seating capacity more than 30,000. Okay, so this is probably if they put chairs and seating and pit area in the actual field. You can probably stuff 38,000 people. So let's look up. What the fuck's it called these days? Listen, every single year, I swear someone else buys out this area in Burgettstown and calls it something new. I remember when it was Star Lake Amphitheater. Then it was, uh, what the hell was it after that? I don't remember, but it was first Niagara. Now it's Key Bank Pavilion. Uh, Post-Cazette Pavilion, when, when the paper was running it. I think it's Key Bank Pavilion. Burgettstown, PA. Capacity. Let's let's take a look at that. Um, they're not telling me shit. Okay, so they're really trying to stuff people. Okay, yeah. KeyBank Pavilions in Burgett's Town, which is it's near Pittsburgh, right outside of Pittsburgh. Outdoor amphitheater with a seating capacity of twenty three thousand people. Wow. So that's that's ridiculous. I I thought they were equal. So. 38,000 minus 23,000. Yeah, I'm using a calculator. I'm fucking bad at math. That's a 15,000 person difference. Like, I don't know. And the thing is, like, you... I get it. I get it. It's a stadium. But did that 15,000 really make that much of a difference to you guys? Huh? Huh? Did you have to do that? Did you have to charge everyone now fucking $145 for nosebleed seats at PNC Park? Some of the... T- I'm going to look up this up. Hella Megator. That's me typing away. Let's see what Hella Megator... How much are, how much are tickets to that? I, I know that people were bitching a, a whole lot online when the, when the tour first came out. Um, how much tickets were... Tour dates. Uh, let's see. What day is it coming to Pittsburgh? I don't even remember. It's sometime in... Uh, screws. Paris. That's the first... The Netherlands. Belgium. I don't think we're even in the right country right now. Uh, here we go. Pittsburgh. Tickets. Uh, and it's taking me a Ticketmaster. So, of course, if the tickets are... Okay. I, I was exaggerating a little bit. Let's... I'm clicking on nosebleeds right now. No. Don't take me to a new link. Goddamn pop-ups. I'm, I'm not even trying to... Oh, okay, I see what it's doing. It's taking its good old time is what it's doing. Okay, so, for the... I'm, I, I click the very back section. $66.50 plus fees, which you know, 
which you know if you've fucked around with Ticketmaster and ever bought shit through them, that it's going to be an additional $20 just so they can give you... They don't even give you paper tickets anymore. It'd be cool if I had a fucking souvenir out of your $22 fee. But no, all my shit goes to my app. Thanks a whole lot. What the hell... What the, what the hell are you service and handling? You're not handling anything anymore. <coughs> it was different when I had to print shit out. It, I'm using my own ink and I gotta pay you $22. Fucking ridiculous. Oh, and the thing is, I, I, I could see if the... If the uh, service and handling fee also included security... So security is like, say if the show gets rained out, or you get into a fucking car accident and you get T-boned on the way to the show, or your wife goes into labor. I don't know why the hell you're going to a concert when she's ready to pop anyways, but if any of that stuff happens, they'll secure a refund for your ticket. That's an additional 16 fucking dollars per ticket. So you're charging me $65 for a ticket, 16 for... For security and another twenty-two for handling fees, sixty-six, sixteen, twenty-two dollars. You're charging me a hundred four dollars for fucking nosebleeds, and I didn't even get to the place yet. Holy shit! I hate fucking around with with this kind of stuff. That's just, listen. I'm putting press in for this show, for real. I can't click back on this. Come on. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm, I just, I can't click. I don't know why the hell it's not letting me do click back on it, but I'm curious to see what pit passes for this fucking jam is pit passes official platinum $350 each standard ticket plus fees, $190 each VIP lounge package, 400, $500 for this shit. The Rolling Stones and Pearl Jam played, and their tickets to PNC Park were five hundred dollars. So this is roughly—I mean, I'm—I I'm, I might get tickets for this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; it's um, uh, it's two hundred bucks, but it's three great bands, and Weezer's on my bucket list. So I'm bitching now, but I guarantee income tax return. Boom, gonna buy those tickets. Uh, my mom really wants to go, so we'll talk about uh, a Christmas present. Or something for her. But thing is, I'm not going to buy my mom a fucking nosebleed and then myself a pit pass. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be three pit tickets, which is going to be funny. Uh, I, I think I told a story about this before. My mom um, uh, went to OzFest with us. And um, there's this incredible photo. I got to share it on Instagram at some point so I can link it up. Uh, there's this photo of my mom... In the pit at Ozfest, they handed out these bracelets that said "Moshing uh, Area is at your own risk," and they only gave five thousand of these bracelets out. It was for the um, the side stage at Warp, Warp Tour at Ozfest 06. And um, yeah, so my mom used to drive like fucking twelve of us. It used to look like a clown car. We used to all pile out of these out of her out of our van. Um, so illegal, but the, the rule was my mom would drive us to any show as long as we bought her a drink, her cigarettes, put gas in the car and bought her a ticket. So we would all chip in and do that and then, you know, buy our own. And anyway, we get to the show and everyone's being like a wuss. They, they're just hanging in the back and they don't want to, uh, 
they don't want to go in this area because they're like, oh, moshing at your own risk. My mom calls me on a track phone because that's all we had at the time. Verizon and AT&T, fuck them. Sprint, dropping all the calls. But uh, my mom called me and was like, where the hell are you guys at? Like, they gave me this wristband and I'm up front. And she was, like, talking to Sharon Osbourne on the side of the stage. I'm like, you guys are such fucking wussies. You won't get this bracelet. My mom's up front. She was hanging on the guardrail all the way through Black Label Society between the buried and me. She was a badass going to shows. So, I don't know. She's uh, she's a little older now. Uh, like 15 years older from <laughs> from from uh, when I was in my adolescence in high school. Uh, but I think she could still hang if she went. I mean, she's on her feet for fucking 17 hours a day as a waitress at a... Uh, what the fuck is this? All right. Yeah, fuck that noise, man. Anyway, Hello Megator. Um, pretty excited for that. I'm going to put in press for it. Um, and I'll do what I've done before. I've literally done this to three shows and it's worked. Um, there are certain things that they won't give you refunds for at shows. Just a heads up. One of them is, yeah, I just don't want to go. Or I can't get off work that day. Those things don't work. There has to be, like, you have to show them proof that there was a severe um, weather warning or whatever. Or the venue postponed the concert due to weather. Um, one of those two things. You have to prove that you were in a car accident. Or prove that it was a medical emergency. Saying that, ah, I just didn't want to go that day. I just want my money back. That doesn't fly. They won't give you your fucking ticket refund. But what I've learned has is that if you put in press credentials, um, because here's the thing with press credentials, you put them in and you don't know until two weeks before the show. So there's been times where I've put in press credentials, haven't bought a ticket, didn't get press. See, I sometimes I don't get fucking press. Um, didn't get press and the show is sold out and I'm just out of luck. I just can't go to the show. Um, so... What what you have to do sometimes if you really want to go to the show, you really want to go whether you're getting whether whether I'm getting press or not, is you have to put in press, pray and hope on that. But at the same time, if it feels like a show that's going to sell out, or feels like a show that's going to fill up really quick, buy your ticket in advance, because at least what I've learned that I've done with at least two or three shows, I'm not going to say which ones, but um, I got press for them. Uh, that was my website. I got a hit from somewhere. Um, I uh, put in press for them. Got the got the ticket for the show. Well, put in press, bought a ticket. Come the week of, got an email back saying, here's your press credentials. Here's your press badge. Here's your ticket. And then what I do is I... Um, oh, what the, what the hell are those called? It's... Oh, a dispute. You file a dispute. File a dispute with whatever that transaction is and give them proof that you had another ticket to the show. Be like, listen, this is basically a double purchase. I got a free ticket to the show. I can't use this one. Do it after the show's over. Because here's the thing. If you go into the show and you scan the ticket, it shows used. But if you wait till after the show and it's still in your app, still on your emails... And um, they can run the confirmation number back um, and prove that it was never used for the show. You can get your money back. 
that's just a, uh, a little hack, I guess, a little life hack for anybody out there that uh, has purchased tickets and have gotten press passes. Or say you enter a contest. Say you enter a contest and you're like, I'm never going to win, but I'm going to buy tickets anyway. And you win um, free tickets or whatever to a show. Prove that you won the tickets. Uh, prove that you um, uh, purchased the ticket. Uh, prove that you never used it. And they'll usually refund you. That actually, <laughs> funny enough, that happened to that happened to a show. That happened to a festival. Um, local radio station 105.9, the X, was running a contest where you can win free tickets. I, fuck it, I'm going to throw in my name in the drawing, whatever. Um, put in press credentials and bought the ticket. And bought the ticket. I fucking got press. I won two free VIP tickets to the show. And I already purchased a ticket. So all in all, I had six fucking tickets to this show. And someone else is on my website. And um, two uh, VIP passes to the show. And I'm like, fuck. So uh, I never claimed the, the win. Uh, I let that I let that go. I figured the press badges and the VIP for the for press trumped the um, uh, the 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 win because it was just general admission. But I also uh, did a um, uh, a dispute, and I, I got I got my money back for the ticket. So it was it was a it was a win win and win uh, for me. What else is coming to town in 2020? I keep getting off topic with that. Uh, 2020. Oh, Motley Crue. Just a, well, you. Oh, that's cool. Um, I just did an interview with Tsunami Bomb, and um, they uh, they liked the interview. So awesome that they did that. I talked about interviewing them in the last podcast, but now um, uh, it's that's officially up. I'll link that up. I'll link up the Tsunami Bomb interview. Those guys are fucking rad. Um, they used to be like a big Warp Tour staple. And they they had a hiatus for a while, and now they're back. So um, pretty excited for that. Um, their new record, uh, "The Spine That Binds," is fucking amazing. Um, just just go go check out the interview that I did with them. It's it's fucking incredible. Uh, but uh, let's see. Oh, Motley Crue. I just did a thing on this. Motley Crue announced that they're coming back in 2020 on a tour. They just put a video up, which was narrated by uh, Machine Gun Kelly. And apparently back in 2011 or 12, whenever they went on a hiatus, it wasn't a hiatus. Like, they all wrote a contract um, saying that they're going to break up. And the only way Motley Crue could get back together is if all four members of Motley Crue would tour together again. But the contract was so fickle that it seemed like none of them would ever be like, yeah, fuck this. Let's tour again. Like, they couldn't... Like, say Nikki Six didn't want to tour anymore and they got a new bass player. That couldn't happen. All four of them had to go on tour. So, I guess what happened was, after The Dirt came out, ton of success. People were losing their shit over The Dirt. Um, and um, uh, they're like, oh shit, people still give a shit. So, uh, they ripped up the contract. They actually blew up a room... Like they had the contracts on the table, which was pretty awesome. That's in the video. Uh, And the reason it's narrated by Machine Gun Kelly is if you don't know, um, Machine Gun Kelly played Tommy Lee in the Dirt movie on Netflix. Uh, Highly recommend you go check that out if you haven't seen that. Uh, Post Malone is coming to town. He's on tour in 2020. 
Uh, that's kind of exciting. Um, Bunbury's doing a new um, festival. They haven't announced the lineup yet, but I'm pretty excited for that. Um, Ozzy Osbourne and Marilyn Manson are doing some tour dates. And it's really cool. I don't know what Ozzy's obsession is with Pittsburgh, but they're doing. he's doing Pittsburgh. He's skipping like a bunch of other, like he's skipping Philadelphia and all this other shit, and he's coming to Pittsburgh. Uh, pretty excited for that. I think Judas Priest is on that tour as well, if I'm not mistaken. If not, I think he's just doing the European slash UK dates. Um, that that sounds fucking incredible. Uh, but yeah, no, um, that same Ozfest that my mom jumped way up front for. Um, uh, Ozzy did a he did the full US for Ozfest, but on like I think ten dates, he of the venues and areas that he really liked he played the second stage like he played second stage in the middle of the day didn't announce the time just like went on and killed it and uh it was system of a down's farewell tour as well so they just didn't want to do another tour fuck it system of a down closed the night out instead of ozzy like he usually does but that was awesome um there's a bunch of weird shit that's going on with me with music like i I saw this a few years ago. Warp Tour did a thing in 2016 or 17 where it was Warp Tour at Sea. If you don't know what that is, it's like 12 bands on a cruise ship and they have a concert. Um pretty pretty incredible. Pretty uh pretty unique idea. And it worked out really well and there are a bunch of other people doing it like Flogging Molly has the Salty Dog Tour where they take a bunch of like oi and ska bands on a cruise ship with them. And it's like just belligerent. Just picture, picture, picture. Okay. Picture this flogging Molly, the dropkick Murphy's, the Briggs, real big fish. Um, who the hell? Just all, just all these bands on a cruise ship together with a bunch of other, um, Irish punk assholes, uh, open bar, free casino, uh, or uh, cash casino, um, free buffet, all you can eat. Like that has to be one hell of a fucking time. Uh, I talked to um, Johnny Christmas and um, Billy Cottage from Real Big Fish a couple years ago, and in an interview they said they did uh, the Warp Tour at Sea, and it was one of the craziest things ever. Um, in the interview, I'll link that up too. It's on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Uh, I asked them, like, what what a crazy experience was. And I guess one of them... I may have talked about this before. I don't know. I'm just repeating shit. Uh, thanks for the person who just visited my website again. I gotta mute this fucking thing. But anyway, um, at the end of each day on the cruise ship, there was, like... there's At the end of the, at the, end of the ship, there's a big... Um, uh, a big stage for the bands to play. But also in, like, the middle surrounded by hotel rooms that are like five or six stories up there's an in-ground pool on the top deck that's like i don't know nine it goes from like shallow water to like nine feet deep but i guess what they did at the end of every single day um because people pee in the pool and fucking bugs and leaves and shit get thrown in the pool, they drain the pool at the end of every single day like so 10 o'clock pool closes they drain it completely and then they fill it up for the next morning early in the next morning and they put a tarp over it and i guess some guy was trying to be like a fucking hero <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning 
and didn't know the pool was drained and jumped from the top balcony outside into the empty pool. So the top balcony is probably like, that's five stories. He thought he was going to land in water. Dude jumped five stories and then into a nine foot deep pool, which is like another nine feet down and fucking wrecked himself. Uh, the pool was already drained. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I guess they said he broke his femur it, compound fracture, broke his femur. So his fucking leg bone, the, the, you know what your femur is? It's the top leg bone was like hanging out of his fucking body. And here's the fucked up thing. It was a storm, I guess, that night or something. They couldn't life flight him until the following morning. So he, they did like hang out. His, his whole fucking leg bone was hanging out of his body for uh, for at least an additional like 12 to 16 hours. They had to life flight him from the middle of the ocean. I would never ever, like I can't imagine what that hospital bill would have been. To be life flighted out of the middle of the ocean on a cruise ship. And then have them, like, to reattach your leg. Um, I guess they said he was in a pelvic cast for, like, six or eight months. Um, not only that, he got a fine from the Warped Tort Sea for being a fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> because you can't just do that shit and get away with it. They had to clean the whole fucking pool out because he was, like, bleeding all over the place and shit. And, um... Yeah, fucked everything up for for everyone else. I mean, they, they put the pool and everything back together, but he got he got a fine. I think he got banned, but it didn't make a difference because they never did a warp tour at sea after that. Um, but damn, that has to fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> they have other shit that's coming. Uh, I just saw this one looks really interesting. Um, the SS Never Under, which is uh, the band Cohen and Cambria are doing a thing at sea where they're playing uh, it's five nights they're playing um uh an album that covers the never ender saga if you don't know what that is that's their four albums second say turbine blade and keeping secrets that other one i can't remember in no world for tomorrow those albums they're playing an album every single night and then uh taking back sunday and a bunch of other bands are on on the uh sea with them on the uh the the cruise ship with them which sounds fucking awesome tickets for that are like 180 bucks cheap no wait i'm wrong am i right i, I don't know I, let's let's look that up too never ender at c uh ss never ender tour okay what the fuck uh, yeah i'm so Oh my god, what the hell was that? I'm gonna look it up on my phone because some stupid ass song played and about blew my fucking head off. Um, SS Never Ender. Come on, I can't even spell. I also cracked my screen, folks. So it's not, not a good time. I have insurance on this, so I'm so happy about that. I asked the dude at the Apple store, like, this is an iPhone SX Max. Um, what's it going to cost now that I'm paying insurance on it? He's like, $30. He's like, you can pitch this thing off a wall, and they'll, they'll come to your house. They'll come to your house and fix your phone. How fucking crazy is that? Before you had to, like, I remember 
when iPhone 4 or iPhone 5 came out, my brother fucked his phone up. He had to mail it in. He didn't get it back for another month. They wouldn't even like, hey, here's a replacement. No, no. Mailed the phone in. Didn't get it back for another month. And then I think it was an additional two weeks they lost it in New Stanton. Like they're supposed to mail it to our house. And they, instead of like um, 454 and the rest of our address, it was, they just put four. So there was like four, the rest of the address, and they defaulted it to um, New Stanton, which is where New Stanton and PA has their UPS, and they ship everything out. And it was just stuck in limbo because they didn't know where the fuck four was. Because four didn't exist. SS never ender. Come, whoa, I'm so done. Never ender. There we go. All right. If a song comes on, I'm not sorry. This is fucking annoying. Anyway, uh, lineup, experience, pricing. Let's go about that. The ship, get here. I don't care about the ship. Oh, you motherfucker. It's not letting me click on anything. Um, uh, it's got to be here somewhere. How the hell are you going to... Okay, pricing and availability. There it is. Don't miss out on this fucking thing. Okay. I was wrong. If it was $150, that would be amazing because it would be a lot cheaper than going to the fucking hell Omega Tour. Anyway, um, deck four pricing per person is $850, which includes everything. Uh, your ticket to the show, your room, your board, your food, blah, 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 discount rates. So for $1,000 each, you can go on a five-day tour um, and hang out with them. Which is rad. Uh, but that's the low end. If you want a owner's suite, $2,850. $2,500 for a family suite. That's not terrible. Um, on the on the chance that... <laughs> uh, on the chance that this thing's going to play music again. There's also another cruise I want to look up. And talk to you guys about. I think it's got to be through the same company. Because it's got to be through the same company. Okay. Lineup, experience, pricing. Let's look at pricing for this. Sold out. Holy shit. Anyway, this is Chris Jericho. If you don't know who Chris Jericho is, he's a wrestler. He has his own cruise ship thing that he's doing. Like the bands. Which I think is a fucking rad idea. Um, wrestling sucks asshole anymore. It's become way too family friendly. Here's the phone call I was telling you about. Now I gotta pause this shit. Yep, like I said, happens every fucking time. Every time I'm trying to do something, call. Can't can't be left alone. This podcast is less than an hour. I can't be left alone for one hour. Literally, and before I'm recording, I'm bothered like at least once an hour for dumb things. You know what this was about? A shelf broke and some clothes fell over. Holy shit. Fucking stop the presses. Anyway, um... Yeah, the Chris Jericho tour is uh, $849 per person. So it's roughly the same price. And then if you go all the way up, owner's suite, $3,500. Now, it's a little pricier than the Never Ender tour. Um, but you get to see wrestling um, for four days or something like that. Current lineup. Uh, Jericho, Ric Flair, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks... John Moxley. Some of these people I've never even heard of. Um, 
can't even pronounce that name. Gabriel Iglesias, that's kind of cool. Vicky Guerrero, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, X-Pac, Booker T, Jake the Snake, Diamond Dallas Page, Eric Bischoff. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. MVP, okay. Um, yeah, these are going to be some of the hosts, which are doing like podcasts and um, special webisodes. Um Yeah, uh, let's see. X-Pac12360. Um, that's his podcast. Music by Fozzie. Farewell to Fear. Dark Side Choir. Rubik's Cube. That's a unique way to spell it. Um, oh, and then it's cool. They're doing, like, they're doing comedy. They're doing music. They're doing podcasts. They're doing meet and greets. Um... So that, that shit's all fucking cool. I could see why it would be so much. Um, uh, you know, wrestling wrestling fucking sucks ass anymore. The only thing I think is bringing it back is AEW, in my opinion, or Blackcraft wrestling. Um, because, like, WWE is so fucking family-friendly anymore. It's unreal. And it's now on Fox, which I don't give a shit. Fox is owned by Disney now, so whatever. But... Um, it's, I think they're owned by Disney. Don't quote me on that. But the thing is like, it's so here, here's a, here's a, here's an example. They had to cancel a raw taping Monday night, raw taping because ticket sales were under 2000 people. Th- th- there was, there was so, there was so not many people there that they had to cancel a fucking TV show. And reschedule it for some random house show and, like, move all of the card around. Like, um, just because it's become so family-friendly anymore, you can't say hell, damn. Like, I remember before there was, like, half-naked girls walking around. There was blood everywhere. Like, that's people wanted to see. People wanted to see carnage. And, uh, like, tables, matches, and barbed wire and shit. AEW's bringing all that back. And then they also have the nostalgic wrestlers. I mean, they even have, uh... JR and, and Jerry Lawler as commentator um, and on AEW. Uh, Black Craft is doing something a little different too. It's like all the hardcore stuff, but uh, they also have this music element. So, like when Black Craft filmed their first um, uh, special in Pittsburgh, which was cities burning or, or something, buildings burning, bridges burning, whatever. Anyway, uh, Falling in Reverse. Uh, did a thing with that. So, like, each one, they're doing, like, a, a harder, heavier band um, that, that, that plays music in between, um, during the intermission and in between uh, matches and stuff while they're setting up for the next match. And it's, like, all hardcore stuff, and that's what people want to see, I think. Um, I think I was kind of joking about the no-shows thing at the end of the year because I just got an email for the Spills Canvas. Um... Uh, for uh, for a show uh, with Pure Noise Records. Those guys have been so kind to me. Pure Noise Records, they sent me out to do the Stick to Your Guns and Fear show. Uh, I did a review on that and a feature on that. And um, um, interviewing this guy named Cody, who's opening up for the Spill Canvas, which is going to be rad. It's coming up here in Pittsburgh on the 10th. 
<sighs> Bands right now are writing out record labels, I think. And here's, here's what I mean with that. I think bands go on hiatuses because they sign these like decade long contracts. This isn't something I think, this is something I know. Someone in the in someone major in the music industry told me this and they've been around for 20 years now. They told me that a lot of bands that are going on hiatuses like when Blink went on a hiatus and Green Day not Green Day went on a hiatus, when Fall Out Boy went on a hiatus and My Chemical Romance went on a hiatus. A lot of reason why the band go on hiatuses is not because they want to do something down a new avenue or create a differences, man. It's because they sign these contracts with these labels and the labels end up fucking them over. And what ends up happening is instead of making a new record for that label and re-signing the contract, the band just goes on an indefinite hiatus, wait till the contract expires, and then signs under a new label or goes independent. But the whole time they're on a hiatus, they don't have to make a goddamn thing for the label. Because the label ends up having a lot of creative decisions. Like, well, this this album needs to be catchier. This needs to be more poppy. Or this needs to be... And the thing is, they end up basically signing their life away when they sign these contracts. So when they sign, when My Chemical Romance... I don't know if they did this, but I'm going to use them as an example. My Chemical Romance signs a 10-year contract. They have to put out X amount of records in that 10 years. They spit out a bunch of shit and then go on a hiatus. After the 10 years is up, they can do whatever they want. In between the time, Gerard Way and Jared uh, Lero, they, he could, uh, Frank, why does it say Jared Lero? Jared Leto. Um, Frank Lero, they can do their own thing, call their own thing whatever they want, but they can't call it My Chemical Romance because they're signed under that fucking contract. So, at the end of that decade, um, let's say 2013, they probably signed a 10-year. Because this is 2019 going into 2020. Um, maybe they're under, I don't know if they're under the same label or they're under a new label. Uh, anyway, that negates the fact that this is what a lot of bands fucking do. Is that they they ride the contract out, uh, they go on a hiatus, and then they're, they're just... Uh. They're, they're done with that shit after the end of, of, of how many. But but the thing is, it sucks because the band the fans end up getting gypped because the band is signed to, like, five records in ten years, okay? Or ten records in ten years. What happens is, in five years, the band spits out ten fucking albums. But the problem is, half the fucking songs suck asshole. Because they're spitting out they're spitting out records at double the rate just so they can go on a hiatus, just so they can be done with this label. If that makes any sense to you. So instead of making one album a year and taking your time on it, making it sound really good, or like an album every other year and making it sound good, they're just like, fuck it, let's get all this shit out. And they end up like, I know a lot of bands that write like, say, 30 to 40 songs and only 14 of them make the cut to the record. They go, fuck it. Let's take all 50 songs. I don't care if this one sucks. Let's make a record. And that's what they do. That's what they do. Um, but that is, uh, that's my take on that. Uh, hey, guys, I just realized I've been talking for a whole long time, and I have something else to do today. Um, it's noon 30 right now. Uh, this should be up in about an hour or so. I'm going to quit talking, run the outro. Uh, stay pop punk, guys. That's all I have for you today. Uh, see you next week. Later.